Welcome to the Lastinger Legends podcast. I'm Phil Pokert, your host and director of the Lastinger Center for Learning at the University of Florida. For the past 20 years, the Lastinger Center has worked to transform teaching and learning through education innovation. Inspired by the vision and leadership of our founders, faculty, funders, and friends, we've had the opportunity to support millions of people in their learning journeys. In this episode, you will hear from Laverne Daniels, the Lastinger Center's administrative assistant and a strong contributor to the very heart and soul of the center. Laverne reflects with me on the center's earliest days and her 16-year tenure with the Lastinger Center for Learning, which was part of a 36-year career at the University of Florida. To begin, I asked Laverne about her schooling and about what life was like for her as a child in a small town in rural Florida. I remember attending Spar Elementary, then I transitioned into North Marion Middle School, then into North Marion High School. And I remember high school, I think, being the best for me. Elementary and middle school, I really wasn't very talkative. I was never a popular girl, even in high school, but I was more comfortable with myself in high school. We had lots of friends. We had an inner circle. And it may have been because I was more involved. Um, I remember being in a school club called FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. And I believe that that may have been where I got the idea of what I wanted to do when I grow up, which was to become a secretary. That was my dream. So I began to prepare myself for a career. And um, I think just being a part of the high school band, that was interesting. Um, a few boys liked me. So um, again, I wasn't a popular girl, but I was, I was well known. And um, <clears throat> didn't get into fights with anybody, no disagreements. So I was a good girl. And so I had a fun high school, fun time in high school. After graduating from North Marion High School, Laverne attended Webster College. She shared a little about why she went there and how those experiences informed her views of education overall. I attended Webster College in Ocala, Florida for nine months. It was a technical school and a business school. And I was drawn to that because I had a dream of becoming a secretary. I just always wanted to become a secretary. And I learned that if I attend Webster College, I could get all the skills I needed to become a secretary. So I applied and of course I was accepted and I attended from, I forget the year, but it was for nine months. And they taught us all kinds of clerical skills, how to type, we learned shorthand. As I began to learn, I said, wow, I've learned all this. Surely I could perhaps teach someone. You know, I would love to be in a setting um, around children, around students, never realizing that I would end up at the University of Florida. But I knew that teaching kids was very important. And although I wasn't an educator, I knew enough. I knew something about education, a lot of, of how children should learn, why they should learn. and and what it takes, you know, to become a good teacher, uh, uh, um, an effective teacher. So um, when I 
arrived at the University of Florida in the College of Education, I said, wow. And then I began to reflect back on when I was a child, one of my favorite childhood memories was when my sister and my cousin, my male cousin, we would play school all the time. Um, we would be in the backyard, we would set up a desk and tables and chairs. And th there was one thing that I would say to them. I said, I have to be the teacher. If I can't be the teacher, I won't play. I had to always be the teacher, so I taught them. So I knew that there was some value in teaching kids. And although I've never taught kids except my sister and my cousin, I know that um, it's important that kids learn. And, I've, and someone put it this way, all, all kids learn differently, but all children can learn. Laverne's pronouncement that all children can learn might be one of the core beliefs held by all who work at the Lastinger Center. After graduating from Webster College, Laverne had a job as a cashier, after which she began working at the University of Florida. I asked her to describe how that came about. I had a very close cousin who's no longer with us, but I would always confide in her about, you know, the boys and, you know, what I would like to do when I grow up. And again, she knew that I wanted to be a secretary. So she says, Laverne, 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 you have to go up to the University of Florida and to Shan's Hospital because they have all kinds of jobs, all kinds of secretarial jobs. You will get a job. You have to go. So I did. I came to the University of Florida in 1986. And at that time, we were required to take a typing test. And you had to scored 35 correct words per minute. So I was able to do that. So I qualified to be, um, or to become eligible for interviews. So um, there was a young lady in the HR department. Personnel is what we called it at the um, O'Connor Center. At the time, her name was Angel. And um, she said, okay, we're gonna send you an interview. I've got the perfect job for you. So she said, okay go to Archer Road to the Animal Sciences Building. I said, okay, okay. Well, not knowing where I was going, and I guess I was too shy to say, well, how did you get there? So I just got on the, on the road and started driving, but I never made it to the interview. So I went back to personnel, I said, in tears. I said, Angel, oh my God, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Does this mean I can't work? She said, no, 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 no. It's okay, we've got hundreds, plenty of jobs, don't you worry. I'll set up another interview and um, I'll call you. So sure enough, she did. The next week she called and said, um, I've arranged an interview for you in the College of Education, Norman Hall. And this is how you get there. You go there and you're going to interview with Ann Gay Birch. So I walked over, I drove over, walked into the building and I said, oh my God, how am I going to find Ann Gay Birch? So I ended up into the Department of Special Education, which is, they were housed where we are now, where the Lastinger Center is. I said, I'm trying to find student services. So someone said, okay, just go up the stairs, through the courtyard, up the stairs into the old Norman. So I made it there and the rest is history. <laughs> so you got that job. I got that job. They I got hired that you. job. She hired me and the one memory, memory that I have is she hired me and she said, okay, we'll be calling you. And I think the interview may have been on a Friday. So sure enough, she called on Monday. 
And she said, this is Ann Gay Birch, and I would love to offer you the position of, I think at the time it was a clerk typist. And believe it or not, at that time, I was making a whooping $4.50 an hour. Back then, that was a lot of money, you know, for someone right out of high school. So it was the best time of my life. I was 20 years old at that time. After Laverne's first job as a clerk typist, she held a number of important positions in the College of Education including working with different deans, Rod McDavis, Gerardo Gonzalez, Ben Nelms, and Catherine Emahovich. It was while she was in one of these positions that she first met Don Pemberton. I remember very well, I was sitting in the dean's office, and um, Dr. Ben Nelms was there at that time, and um, Don had been recruited by Dr. David Coburn to to head the Lastinger Center, that's how they put it. So I remember um, in 2002, Don Pemberton walked into the Dean's office and I was sitting there. He said, hi, I'm Don Pemberton. I was happy because the center had laid dormant for about three years and we didn't know whether it was going to become active or not. So to see him walk in to say, that he was Don Pemberton and knowing that he was here to run the Lastinger Center made me very happy. So, but little did I know <clears throat> that our paths would cross again. But the other thing about that is even then, for a period of time, the Dean's office had some renovations going on. So while the renovations were being done, Dean Emahovich and I, we were housed in the Lastinger Center for many months with Don Pemberton and Allison Adams. Mm. So we got to know each other during those months, you know. So, and I would always say, Dr. Pemberton, Dr. Pemberton, Dr. Pemberton. He said, okay, cut it. Drop the doctor. Just call me Don. I said, oh God, I can't just call him Don. I wasn't, that wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. You know, if you were, if you had a doctorate degree of any kind, we, we, we had to call you doctor. You know, I, I just could not call any elder by their first name. And, um, but I guess eventually at some t- point, I, I, I don't think I ever dropped. I, I, I never dropped it. I had to call him Dr. Pemberton. He didn't like it, but that's what I did. So, but I got to know him during those months that um, Catherine Emahovich and I um, were housed in the same suite with him and Allison. Got to know him very well, but little did I know that a year later I would be assigned to the Lastinger Center to work for him. And again, it was just a divine appointment. As with all the other Lastinger legends I've interviewed, I wanted to hear about the center in the early days, this time from Laverne's perspective. I remember we were walking with um, Miami Dade schools. I remember Pete Bermudez. Um, child readiness, at, and at the time, the Miami-Dade County, Alachua County, maybe Collier County. We had five counties that we were working with, five school districts. And um, I just remember that we were um, doing all this. I was preparing the travel arrangements, scheduling. Don was doing lots of travel, but they were going into the schools, he and Pete, and a few others, because at the time, I think it was just Pete, Allison, Don, and maybe one or two more in Miami. 
And we were going into the schools just trying to prepare teachers to become better teachers. And we were also preparing principals to become better principals. That was our vision at that time. That was the mission at that time. And the talk was all about, make, we got to make you better teachers. We got to prepare the principals so they can prepare the teachers to become better teachers. So, and that's what we did for a number of years. And then we began to grow and grow and grow from five districts to another five and so on. Alan and Dolores Lastinger were also very present in the early days of the center. And Laverne's memory of them as they were then, and in truth, how they are now, is echoed by many. This is what I remember. And as I mentioned earlier, the one great memory is when they the gift became official and we had the um, celebratory luncheon at the president's house. And that was my first time meeting them. And they were just so, for lack of words, down to earth, so personable, so kind, just so loving, so intelligent. That was 16 years ago, right? And every, every, connection I made with them every time we came into contact, which was usually at the board meeting, the all associates meetings, they were always the same. Just so, I've, I've never heard them say a negative word about anything, a negative perspective, although I'm outside looking in. Um, I see them just wanting to do more. I see them giving more. They're here to um, they support every initiative that we present to them. And I, I see where the more we do, the more they give. In the 16 years that Laverne was part of the Lastinger Center, she not only witnessed the growth of the center, but she met so many associates. They see Laverne as the heart and soul of the Lastinger Center. They call her Miss Laverne or Lady Daniels. They see her as a spiritual cornerstone of the organization. I was curious from what Laverne had seen over the years, how she would describe the evolution of the Lastinger Center. I've just seen so much growth in, in staff, the funding. I remember um, when the Lastinger's first gift of the, the, the 10 million and how the state matched it, you know, and now we're getting double, we're getting triple. Um, we're growing, not only in the funding, but the staff, um, the, the work, the districts, the, oh my God, you know, as I said, we started out with the five districts. Now we have so many districts, but even national, you know, from a, a county level to a state level to the national level. In addition to Laverne's description of the center's evolution, I wanted to know what she would describe as some of the center's greatest accomplishments. I would say, when I think about, as I was mentioning earlier about the, the secret sauce, I just see where, the, the, I think the additions of, of the counties, the, the work, how we go into the schools and we've made such a difference in the schools. Um, I think about how we started with the TLC program, the job embedded program, and you know, and now you know, we've got the early learning Florida, We've got the, the content implementation. It's just that the, the programs, they're getting bigger. Um, they're better. Um, 
the, the early learning team is just so huge, you know, compared to the programs we had 15 years ago. So it's just the, the vast, the vastness of the different programs is just mind blowing. With a core part of the center's work focused on seeking ways to provide equitable opportunities for people from different backgrounds, I asked Laverne what she thought about educational equity. Well, I don't think it's, it's quite fair. I don't think we've all been given the same opportunity because, you know, it's been said that, you know, some of us just can't afford to attend college. It's just how it is. Um, I know that there's scholarships, there's funding, there's fellowships and different things for those who are interested in education. But I think more can be done um, to afford um, those of color um, more opportunities. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, but, and even, um, and I know you didn't really ask this, but as far as in the workplace itself, it would be nice to see more um, people of color, more, you know, in the, in the center, in, in the center, because I don't think there are enough of us, um, but I know that that takes time, and and it just may be that you know someone came along who had better, more education or more skills. The reason they didn't get the job, but I think more can be done in that area. I also asked Laverne what she thought the Lastinger Center's role is in promoting opportunity and equity. Our role is, I see where we're, um, you know, we form the racial equity um, steering committee in the small groups. And I believe that our role is to afford opportunities for more minorities and to provide more opportunities. I do believe that we're working toward that. But the role is we've got to get out and recruit more. I remember in the early 90s, one of my um, favorite supervisors, his name was Dr. Simon Johnson. I remember he was so gung-ho about hiring more blacks. And at the time, his job was to go out and recruit black students, black faculty, black staff. And he would just travel from city to city to city trying to recruit. And it may be that our role, we may need to do more getting out on the road to recruit more minorities, you know, um, Doing because in order to get a different result, we have to do something different. And it may be that what we're doing may not be working. We may have to try a different route. That may be another Lastinger Center guiding principle, to try a different route when we're not finding success. As I reflect on this conversation, I realize that I and many others have learned so much from Laverne. I was interested to know what important lessons she felt she had learned from her work with the center. One of the few lessons I've learned is to talk less and to listen more because there's a whole lot to learn from the center's work, from the staff, and you've got to seize every moment. You've got to seize the moment. Um, it's there if you want it. You know, we've got the website, we've got the literature, Anything you want to know is there, you know, 
Um, we're communicating now um, through the teams. And um, we have someone in every area. If you want to learn more about technology, we've got a whole technology team. And my greatest lesson has been if, if I want it, I need to get it. I can get it. All I've got to do is send a text message or send an email with the, whatever the question might be. The help is there. <clears throat> and no, no question is a stupid question. I learned that many, many years ago, and I, I carried that with me because the same question that I want to ask, someone else wants to ask it. And I can ask the same person, I can ask three different people the same question, and I may get a different answer. So um, I've learned a lot of lessons about education. Um, I'm even learning more now about racial equity than I've ever learned, and there's still so much more to learn. And then? I wanted to hear from someone with such a significant and steadfast role in the center's past to talk about what they see in the Lastinger Center's future. I see every child learning. I see every staff member making a difference because I do believe that every staff member is happy. I hear, I, I'm always hearing good things about Lastinger and the great work that we're doing, but you've got to have a heart for this. If you don't have a heart for it, you won't last. I just believe that 10 years from now, we're going to have our own building, our own Lastinger Center or building that may be named the Don Pemberton Building or the Pemberton Building. I see that we will still be connected with the University of Florida, but we'll be independent in a sense because we'll have our own space and we're going to have hundreds of associates doing even greater work. That's what I see. And then, well, I just wanted to know if Laverne had anything else to say. And I wanted to tell her how much she meant to the center and to me. I don't think so. I think we've covered it all. I just hope I did okay. Laverne. Ooh, I don't know. You did wonderfully. I, I want to know. thank you very much for like, from, literally from the bottom of my heart, like how much this means, like how much you've given to the center you know, so many years of service to this university. I can't acknowledge or recognize you enough. Mm. Uh, everybody speaks of you know, such kindness in terms of what you've done for them and what you've meant is in terms of the, being the spiritual leader of the center. And so I'm, I'm really happy that you've been a part of this project. I'm happy that you've been a part of this center. Yes. Um, and I thank you for what you do for me every day yes. and for what you do for the center because as I told you that time we visited my mother's school together. Yes. At the yes. end of all these endless meeting requests. Yes. Is a kid that benefited from that work. And, and that means something. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate everything that you've done yes. to give back. Yes. And I appreciate every opportunity that you've afforded me, Phil, to see and do things that I've never done before. And um, it's just, just a pleasure. It, it has been a pleasure to serve you and the Lastinger Center staff. Such a pleasure. Love you, Bert. Love you too. Yes. <laughs> All right. It was such a pleasure to speak with Laverne and so necessary to focus this final episode of our podcast on Laverne's story and history with us here at the Lastinger Center. After 16 years of service, Laverne officially retired from her position in August 2022. As the center's administrative assistant, and spiritual leader, we at the center, past and present, 
have benefited in indescribable ways from her dedication, her hard work, her kindness, and her love. She will be missed, but her influence will not be forgotten. That concludes our Lastinger Center podcast series. Thank you for sharing this time with me and with some of the Lastinger legends who established and built this extraordinary place. We are beyond grateful for the 20 years that we have worked to, in Dolores Lastinger's words, help teachers help students learn. And we look forward to carving the path into the Lastinger Center for Learning's next 20 years, helping more teachers, child care providers, and families help students learn. To learn more about the Lastinger Center and the incredible people who established and built it, visit our website at lastinger.center.ufl.edu.